0: Our first reading today, at the very beginning of it, talks about the Ark of the Covenant. Now, if you were alive from about 1984 on, when you hear the words the Ark of the Covenant, the first thing to your mind might be Indiana Jones, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, I promise you this homily will not have any Nazis, there will be no snakes, and because we all hate snakes. Um, and there won't be any kind of face-melting kind of things going on, special effects or anything, so you don't have to worry. When we're talking the reason why the first reading today talks about the Ark of the Covenant, it's actually very, very fitting when we're talking about Mary. The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament, all throughout the Israelites leaving and fleeing from Egypt and coming to the Promised Land, those 40 years of walking in the desert that Moses led them on. They would carry the Ark of the Covenant. Well, within this Ark, it's a gold box, not very big, but it was a golden box. This Ark was basically a physical sign of the abiding presence of God. To the Israelites, Like this was Yahweh. If you are unworthy, do not touch it, because you'd be struck dead. Within the box, though, there were a few things. And there were things that symbolized who God was to the the Israelite people. There were the the, the two stone tablets that the Ten Commandments were written on, were in the ark. So the law was in the ark. There was the staff of Aaron that bloomed was in the ark. So God's authority, Yahweh's authority with the people. And lastly, there was a jar of manna, the food that the Lord continued to give the Israelite people six days a week. Six, not seven, because seven, they would be working on the Sabbath. It was the miraculous bread from heaven that fed the people and basically kept them alive during this 40 years. So you have God's gratuitous love, his, his, his feeding, His giving, His providing for His people. Well, many of, our, in many of our church fathers will take this image of the ark that led the Israelites through the desert and into the promised land. And whenever they compare it to something in the New Testament, they don't choose... They don't choose some other thing. they don't choose a modern-day tabernacle. What they point at is our blessed lady is Mary. Mary held within her womb the word made flesh. The law made flesh. She held within her womb the authority, the power of God, and she held within her womb the food, the sustenance. That we would all eat of one day, and that we all will eat of today. See, Mary holds within her with, within her womb the personifying of all of what the Ark used to hold. That's so why one of the names of Mary is the Ark of the New Covenant, or the New Ark of the Covenant. She becomes what the Israelites used to carry with them throughout it, throughout the desert. At the end of all of this journey, at the end of all of this, when they finally get to Jerusalem, they finally build the temple, and they finally set up their center of all worship, the ark in the Old Testament held a particular holy place in the temple. It was called the Holy of Holies. This was the place where they would go to experience God. One time a year, one priest was chosen to go in and to offer sacrifice in this room but that was God's space it was on top of the mountain the temple mountain in Jerusalem this is where the Israelites would meet God God's chosen people would come and be in communion with him today we today in Revelation in the last book of the Bible we hear a lot of crazy things we hear today in our second reading or in our first reading about this dragon and these different things that are going on. But throughout this book, one of the things that we hear a lot of is liturgical imagery. We hear about incense in Revelation. That's why today we're using incense. We hear about the celebration of people wearing robes, being in the presence of God, right? All of these things is very liturgical imagery. One of them is there's a temple. And the Holy of Holies holds the ark, holds the Son of God, the presence, the abiding presence of God. Today, we as a church, in the assumption, in Mary being taken body and soul into heaven, we celebrate the Holy of Holies being filled with the new ark of the covenant. We celebrate just as the Israelites had their ark that led them all through the desert, and would finally find a home in the temple, our Blessed Mother kind of paves the way for us through her yes, through her, through her, uh, her surrender of her own will. She paves the way for us and finds her home in heaven where we, we see that abiding presence of God come to fruition. Now what does this mean for us? There's a lot of imagery going on for Old Testament and for like what heaven looks like. What does it mean for us? I think Mary's Mary being the humble servant that she was, the one who surrendered, the one who from the very beginning of her mission with God, responds to God's question of, can, can you please bear my son? with an emphatic and full yes. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. She offers everything, not for herself, not for her own glory, but for the Lord. Like we uphold Mary as the greatest of all saints. And she was a 13-year-old girl. We're, we're, we're excited. We celebrate a teenager today. Who was willing to surrender all out of love of God. In our gospel, Mary, after having this experience, after conceiving the Messiah, goes out to serve her cousin. And her cousin says, Blessed are you who believe that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. Like Elizabeth is giving her a compliment. Like, Blessed are you. Thank you. Great job, you. And Mary's response in the Magnificat. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. My soul proclaims simply God. It's not me. It's Him. Do we in our lives, how often do we in our lives not give credit to the Lord with credit to do but rather take it on ourselves. Well, I did that. A little pat on the back for ourselves. When in reality, all that we have, all that we are, is a gift from the Lord, is a gift from God. See, Mary's, Mary's yes, Mary's surrender, is what exalts her to heaven. Is what leads, what, today, what we celebrate today is what puts her into the Holy of Holies. At God's right hand or left hand, <laughs> right next to her son in heaven. Like I don't know about you, and at, by and risking sounding a little bit prideful, I want a day named after me. Like I want a feast day. I want a day that people are praying to Saint John David Mathern, and that would be unbelievable. But how is it that, when we're all called to that, we're all called to that type of radical holiness. But it first begins with us living a life that proclaims the greatness of the Lord before all else, before anything else. It is through our humble surrender to God's will over our own that the Lord lifts us up and places us among His elect among his saints, in that eternal heavenly liturgy. So today, as we come and we receive the Lord, let our words echo Mary's. Let our hearts be open like hers. That we may receive him, and then we may show him to the world. We may let him, we may proclaim his greatness to all that we know, all that we come in contact with, all that we meet, and all that we serve.